Today's sermon is entitled, You Can Do It. You Can Do It. I want to talk about this concept of having the power to do whatever it is that God has called you to do. I want you to be very clear that whatever God has called you to do, you can do it. And the emphasis is on can, that you can do it. So when we talk about the family business series, how do we how do we tie this in? I mean, all kinds of people uh, neglect to go into business for one reason, uh, because they're not sure if they can do it. If you knew that something was going to work and something was going to be successful, would you be as hesitant not to embark upon that journey? No, you would not. But here's what we must understand. Every business needs power to operate. So this concept of being able to do it, or when you say you can do it, you can do it and you are able to do it because there is a connection with power somewhere. In other words, something gives you the ability or the canness, I can do it. There is a power that facilitates that ability to be able to do it. Now, every business needs power to operate. I like that. Uh, you, 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 you don't open a business and you don't have power. You have to call the electric company and set up an account to make sure you have power. There must be power in your business to run the machines, to run the internet, to turn the lights on, to power the coffee pot, the tea maker, etc. Nobody goes into business without power. Can I get an amen? So the power, watch this now, is the force behind the workers. So when I say I can do something, I am saying I have the power to do it. Uh, I'll say that again. When I say I can do something, I am saying I can do it because I have the power that makes it possible. So the power is the force behind my ability. And we all have, in essence, as Christians, as members of the family business, we all have a portable socket uh, that goes everywhere we go that we can plug into at any given moment. I, I want you to be clear that this power source is within you. So in other words, you don't have to run along what we used to say, stanching cord. You don't have to run along stanching cord, a long extension cord. You don't have to run along extension cord, but that power source is portable and you can plug into it at any given moment. 
I wanted you to be clear. Now, we don't talk about it enough. We don't, you know, we talk about the church and we talk about blessings and we talk about the choir. And we do, but we've gotten away from talking about the power of the church. The church has powers. Jesus walked on water, y'all. He healed the lame man. He gave sight to the blind. That takes power to do that. He told Peter, walk on the water to meet me. It takes power to do that. He dried up the woman's issue of blood. He healed the centurion son and he didn't even have to go to the house. There is power in the blood, in the name of Jesus. The disciples told the lame man, he said, silver and gold I don't have, but in the name of my company, in the name of my franchise, in the name of the kingdom business, I command you to take up your bed huh, and walk. I wish we would get back to understanding that there's power uh, in the family business. Woo! And we can tap in it, into it anytime we want to. And I know, I know we don't believe it because too often we call the pastor, we quick to call the elder, we quick to call people and say, pray for me, pastor, do this for me. Would you help me? And when you have the power within you, I, I've got no extra power. I've got no different power source than you. I've got the same Holy Spirit in me that you have in you. So let's look at today's text, which proves this to be true. Let me show you what the text says for today. And the text says in Acts verse chapter one and verse eight, and it says, but you will receive power. There it is. I got you will receive power when when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and <laughs> to the ends of the earth. So I want you to see very clearly that the scripture is clear that we received power when the Holy Ghost came. Now, I know that this particular passage is referencing Pentecost, that when the Spirit fell, they received power on that 50th day. But when we receive Jesus Christ, that same Spirit that was there at Pentecost comes in and seals us. He is the Holy Spirit of promise. He enters into our heart. That is how the Lord dwells in us. The Lord dwells in us by his spirit. And his spirit, Romans 8 tells us, that it bears witness with God's spirit, with our spirit. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are genuine sons of God. In other words, we're in the family business. <laughs> so when the Holy Spirit comes in, he can identify who actually is in the family business. So if you're in the family business, God gives you power to execute and to do whatever the family business requires you to do. I got, I'm feeling preachy already. Let's go to the first point I want to make, that you have power. Somebody say power. Somebody just talk about power for a minute. And I want you to understand that power is the force behind your life. Power is the force behind your life. So I want you to be clear that the power is not from you, but the Bible says, verse eight there, it's on the screen, but you will receive what? 
power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So the power is not you. You don't you are not the power. The Holy Spirit is the power and it comes on you when it comes on you when the Holy Spirit gets in you, you possess the power. Well, what is this power? This power is strength, which means you have the ability to do something. Now, when people, uh, you know, I, I, I would not dare ask anybody, when is the last time you witnessed to somebody? And most people uh, don't witness because they think they can't do it. They don't have the power to do it. Or you go to the hospital and you say, well, uh, somebody asked you to pray for them. Well, I don't know. I can pray. I don't, I don't know if I can pray. Why? You, it, it is not you. It is not you. Your confidence is not in you. Your confidence is in the power of the Holy Spirit. So stop saying you can't do it because you're right. You can't do it, but you can do it with God's Spirit. It is God who does the work in us. So with His power, we can do it. So power by power, and the term, the Greek term for power is dunamis, where we get our word dynamite from. So in other words, we have the power to blow up. We have an explosive impact. In other words, people will feel the impact of what we say and what we do. So God gives us power which enables us to carry out his purposes. So we can accomplish it whenever and wherever. So I'm trying to I'm trying to dispel somebody's understanding or or to just eradicate your negative stinking thinking that you aren't qualified and you aren't equipped or that you can't do it. If God called you to do something, he gives you the power to do it. Ah, God, I love that. I, I, I like that. Let me give you a couple of passages of scripture which might help you see and understand an example of what this actually looks like. I want to look at Acts chapter 4, verse 5, uh, verse 5 through, verse 7 through 10. Let's look at that. Uh, Acts 4, uh, verse 7 through 10. Sorry about that. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? I got to go back. By what power or by what name have you done this? In other words, they were questioning the disciples for healing somebody. And the question was, by what power are you doing this? Ah, oh, God, I wish people would not look at us and think we actually did it, but they would question us and say, by what power do you do this? So look at the verse eight, look at verse, the next verse, verse eight says, uh, then Peter filled with, there it is, filled with the Holy Ghost. In other words, the Holy Spirit is on him. He's filled with the Holy Ghost. And he says to them, he responds to them, you rulers of the people and elders of Israel, he says, uh, if we this day do examine, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means is he made whole? 
be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. So I want you to be clear that this gentleman, this Peter is saying, he stood up in the Holy Ghost. They asked him, by what power are you healing this man? And Peter says, it is in the power that comes with the name of Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. So when the Spirit of Christ is in us, we too can speak up about why we do what we do and where that power comes from. So God wants to use people in the family. Why people in the family? Because he trusts people in the family. He calls each and every one of us and gives us a gift and a purpose and a calling to fulfill his will. And so this text just simply shows that there are people that God uses to be able to accomplish his purpose. So then look here, look here where the next text says in Acts 19.11, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. So miracles were wrought by the hands of Paul. God has done great things through ordinary men. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He's not looking for super creatures. He's not looking for super moms and super dads. He's looking for ordinary people to put the power into them. God doesn't want you going out there and trying to act like you're better than everybody else and you're uh, superior and everybody else is inferior. No, God wants you to be a regular working mama, a regular working dad, you know, cramps in your side, knee hurts, you know, running low on cash so that the people in the world will recognize your ordinariness. Ah, watch this because it's going to play into your being a witness later, when people recognize your ordinariness, but when they see the miracles that happen in your life from an ordinary situation, they are more inclined to have faith in your God. In other words, they start asking, I know you ain't got no money, so how in the world did you get this house? How in the world were you able to send your kids through college and I know you make $15.38 per hour? In other words, when they see when they see you sick and debilitated and they took you to the doctor eight, nine, ten times, but now you got a clean bill of health. When they see the power of God through your ordinariness, then that's when they begin to question what power is this and can I know it too? And then that's when you begin to share your story. Let me move on. I got to get, I got to get through this, but let's go then. That's the power of a thing. But now we need to understand the spirit. We need to understand the spirit. Verse eight says, he says, you will receive power. What? After or when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So let's talk about this spirit. Let's talk about this Holy Spirit. 
This spirit is the wind beneath my wings. Ah, God. The power was the force behind or in my life, but now the spirit is the wind that's beneath my wings. In other words, the spirit is very much like a wind and it is it is called a spirit because that's exactly what it is he is the ruach he is the breath of god he is the spirit of god he is the wind of god and he gets up under your life to be able to propel you ah god to be able to fly to be able to do the things that god has called you to do now the holy spirit is still even though he is Spirit, he is the third person of the Godhead. Well, what does that mean, Shimmy Key Cricket? It that means that God Himself is your strength. God is your refuge and strength. In other words, not a servant, not a hired angel, not a deputy, not an associate, but the third person of the Godhead lives in you to empower you to do the things that God has called you to do. And how dare you form your lips to say, I can't. When you say, I can't do it, you're saying God can't do it. Well, that ain't true. All things are possible with God. Whenever you are in God's will and whenever you are doing what God has called you to do, I guarantee you it will be possible. So when he comes into your life, you get the power of God. So when you get saved and the spirit comes in and seals your soul, seals your spirit, you get the power of God. And it implies, watch this now, it implies that without that spirit, I am in effective. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Keep on trying to do it on your own. Keep on trying to get that situation to work on your own. You are ineffective. God's power does things and it lasts. It has a permanent effect. It works and it will not change. So that's why this sermon is called You Can Do It. In other words, you have the power to do what God has called you to do. God gives you what we need to do his work by being what we need to do his work. Ah, you missed it. I, I flew that one real high. I flew that one real high. So God gives us what we need to do his work. How? By being what we need to do his work. Oh, you missed it. Ooh, that's juicy preaching. Listen, so what I'm trying to say to you is that God not only gives you what you need, but he becomes what you need. So when you serve people, when you give people the word of God, when you give people love, when you give people forgiveness, you're giving God, you're giving that helping hand, you're giving the love of Christ, you're giving the power of heaven. When you help people off the ground, you help somebody across the street, when you pay for somebody's groceries, when you take them to work or you drive them to the hospital, you are giving them God. Ah, Jesus. 
I hope you're getting this. God gives us what we need by being what we need. He is, watch this now, for thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power. In other words, it all belongs to him. He is the power. He is the invisible partner. You can't see it, but you feel and sense his force. The Bible says the wind blows where it listeth. In other words, you cannot see it, but you see the effects of it. You don't see the wind itself, but you see what it blows. So people won't see, when they come to your office, when people come to your business, they won't see your power. They don't walk into your business and see the electrical lines and currents running through your walls. But what do they see? They see your lights are on. (laughs) They see that the copy machine is working. When they pick up the phone, they say, "Uh, Mr. Smith, may I use your phone to make a phone call? When they pick up the phone, they see the effects of the power. They don't see Southern California Edison. They don't see the lines through the walls. They don't see the power grids that are running underneath your business, but they see the results of it. And I'm telling you, people won't see the God in you physically, but they'll see, are your lights on? Ah, God, does your phone work? Oh, yes. Is Is there machines that are working? Can you get on the internet? Are you accessible? Can you get something done? And I came to tell you that every business and every franchise in the family business has power to make sure it works. But why? Why? Why do we need this power, little Ben? Why do we need this power? Don't you see? Why do we have this power? He is called the Holy Spirit, the Hagios Numata. Holy, which means he is set apart for a specific reason. In other words, he is holy because he's designated, oh my God, for a purpose. In other words, the wind just ain't blowing and chirping around for no reason. The wind knows where it's going. The wind knows what it's going to accomplish. And so he is the holy wind. He is the set apart wind. That's what it means. The Holy Spirit is the designated assigned wind for your life. (laughs) In other words, whatever it is God has called you to do, the Holy Spirit is designated. He has a set-aside blow. He has a set-aside ruach, a set-aside inspiration, a communication, a word that to speak into your life, to give you the wind beneath your wings, to lift you up, to be able to make you able and capable of accomplishing his purpose. Many think we have this power to get rich. I got got the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be blessed and highly favored. Many think that the Holy Spirit is nothing more than being able to impress people by speaking in tongues. Many people think, well, you know, I I got the Holy Spirit so I can go around slaying people in the spirit, dropping folk and knocking folk out. But the Bible says we have this power to be witnesses. Ah, that's what it is. We got this Holy Ghost to be witnesses. He ain't saying nothing about you running around speaking in tongues. In other words, that may be part of it, but the priority of the Spirit's coming was to assign them to be witnesses in the earth. God, don't get it twisted. Don't be bragging about how you can slay people in the Spirit, but you ain't witness to nobody. The power of the Spirit is there for you to be a witness. The purpose of the Holy 
Holy Spirit has come upon our lives and to personally manage us so we can express his power through us. And as we tell his story from day to day with others, we come his, we become his witnesses in the earth. Let me explain this to you a little further. Let me, let me give you something to caption this. So we looked at the power, we looked at the spirit. Now let's look at the witness. The witness is my lifeline <laughs> to others. Every family business needs a lifeline. It needs something to connect to its customers. I'm telling you, you can't be in the family business if you don't have any clientele. Oh, I'm gonna preach this in a second. But look at verse eight down at the bottom. He says, but you will receive power. We covered that. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, we covered that. And you will be my witnesses. Ah, there it is. Somebody say, I'm a witness. I'm a witness for my Lord. And so we become his witnesses. The reason God saved us and the reason God gives us power to wake up every day is to find another way to tell our story. The more I'm willing to tell my story, the more God allows me to experience others in various ways. <laughs> Watch this now. Let me go back. Let me go back. And some people say, I don't have no friends. Nobody likes me. Nobody loves me. Nobody. Well, that's because you ain't saying nothing. Nobody want to hang out with you. You ain't got nothing to say. You don't want to do nothing. You don't ever want to, you don't want to have people over your house. You don't want to party. You don't want to, you don't want to communicate. You don't want to fellowship, you know, your fellowship, you know, your little fellowship, right? But I'm telling you, the more I I'm willing to tell my story. In other words, the more I'm willing to open my life, the more I'm willing to share what God has done in my life, then the more experience he'll give me with other people. Why would God say I'm giving you the power to be witnesses for him and not give us anybody to witness to? So if you are a loner and you are in your corner by yourself, you are not witnessing Possibly because you don't have any people skills. You don't want to connect with anybody because you don't want to tell your story. You want your story to be your own private story and you don't want nobody to know the truth about what God has done in your life. God said, I took you through that so you could tell somebody who's still going through it that they're going to make it out. My story, listen to me, my story is my in route to people's lives based on relatability. That's why similar crowds work best. In other words, my story will resonate with somebody else in the world who has a similar story to mine. So whenever I'm ready to share my story, then God par partners me or networks me with other people with like minds and similar situations. Ah, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. You, you're sitting there wishing and praying and asking God to expand your borders and, oh Lord, enlarge my tent. Oh Lord, expand my, my influence. Influence for what? You aren't saying anything. You've got to establish your voice. You've got to be sure and confident in your craft. You've got to work your gift to the point of excellence. Good is not enough. You must pursue great. I'm telling you that all that is in you came 
from a great God and he does not delight in mediocrity. You have to pursue greatness just as God is great. God is great and greatly to be praised. Your excuses are unacceptable. Your complaining and your whining is unacceptable about you weren't raised this way and you don't have these resources and you don't have this and you don't have that. I know you don't and I don't care that you don't, but God does. When you come into God's house and family, he gives you the power to be who he's called you to be. Now the term for witness, actually the root term, watch this now, it's going to blow you away. Uh, Don't quit, don't drop off now, but the Greek term for witness is actually where we get our term martyr from. Uh, You know what a martyr is. A martyr is somebody who puts their life on the line for a cause and they're willing to die for it. And that's what he says, you will be my martyrs. Uh, In other words, you will be my witnesses on the jury stand. You will be my witnesses in the courtroom. And he says, don't get up in the seat unless you're willing to die for what you believe. He says you are a martyr in the sense of being willing to die to tell the truth. In other words, this truth is so important to me, I'm willing to die to make sure I get it out. How many people do you know are willing to die to tell the truth? Boy, people lie in a second. Oh, they'll do anything for a lie, but the truth can't nobody get you. Can't get them to do nothing. You need power to do that. That's what I'm saying to live and to operate and to walk in truth. I don't care as best you try. There's a little lie in you somewhere and it's going to seep out. You need the power to help you walk in truth. God's strength and his spirit will correct you when you're lying or you're headed down a path. You don't need to be. You need power to be truthful. You need power to be faithful. You need power to not cheat. You need power to not lie. You need power to not steal. You need cat dog. It's somebody Feel him, oh man. You need power. Woo, hallelujah, to be able to do what God has called you to do. God wants you to tell what you have seen him do for you. God didn't take you through that divorce without wanting you to tell the story. God didn't take you through that drug addiction and you to, for you to be quiet and hide that you ever had one. God took you through it so you could put it on your platform and let others be able to see that God is able to do what we need him to do. All God wants you to do is share what you have seen and heard. Tell people what you know to be true from your own experiences. A witness is someone who can attest to the facts. A witness is someone who can give evidence. The little girl who filmed the George Floyd killing uh, with her phone got a, a prize, a Pulitzer Prize uh, for, for, for her work, uh, what, what she did with that. In other words, she was willing, uh, uh, God, to put her life on the line to be a fact witness to give evidence and I'm saying to you where is the evidence for the life you're living where is the evidence for the God you say you serve where is the power that you say you're connected to you're a foolish unseen invisible man or woman cowering in the corner deceiving yourself thinking you don't matter when the truth is all the power of heaven lives inside of you and if you would but by faith stand against the 
the wicked trials of the enemy and do what God has called you to do, you would be an effective witness in the world, sharing your story. Stop worrying about how people will perceive you or what they will think. It's more important to please God than it is to appease the people. I gotta go. Uh, let's let's. I, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. Little Ben's gonna tell me I'm being too long, and I don't. I don't want that to happen. Let me. Let me give you this last little spread. We've gotta think about spread. We've gotta think about the spread because the spread is my reach to those in need. And some of you aren't reaching those in need because you have no spread. So the Bible said in verse eight, "You will receive power after the Holy Ghost came upon you, and you will be my witnesses." Where? There it is at the bottom. In Jerusalem spread and all Judea spread and Samaria spread and to the ends of the earth spread. So where are we spreading folks? Uh, We're spreading from our homes. Uh, Where are we starting? Jerusalem is home. You got to start with power at home. Do you have power in your home husband? Do you have power in your home mama? Do you have power in your home teenager? There's got to be power at home. But when you're done giving the anointing lay hands on your own children. Don't go out laying hands on nobody else's child. If you can't lay hands on your own child, I'm telling you, start it at home. It starts at home and then it's got to spread. Spread where? Spread to your neighbor. There it is, Jerusalem and then unto Judea. Unto Judea and Samaria. Those were counterparts. Those were side neighbors. Those were surrounding areas, regions around Jerusalem. And God said, I want you to take the gospel to home first. But then I want you to share, share your story with your neighbor. That's people you know. But then that's not enough. Then you got to spread. But here's what I want you to understand. You get confidence to go into the world because you've seen it work at home. If it ain't working at home, then don't go out trying to do what don't work in your own house. But when you spread, you spread from home. Then you go out to your neighbors. But then bless the name of God, spread again spread abroad. He says, go to the ends of the earth. Go to Jamaica. Go to the Bahamas. Go to the Caribbean. Go to China. Go to Alaska. Go to Australia. Wherever you can get it. All right, maybe you can't go there. So go to Long Beach. Go to Compton. Go to Oaktown. Go to the Bay Area. Go to the club. Go to the basketball court. Go to the Lakers game. Go to the hospital. Go to the Bay be shower. Woo! Go to the laundry mat, somebody. Go, go, go. Just wherever you go, go. <laughs> Spread this good news. God is giving you stories to tell. God wants you to tell somebody about the goodness of God. Many Christians come to church for themselves when clearly This is a text that teaches otherwise. Yes, we are to start at home, but then we are to spread out. Nobody goes and come on now. Come on now. Stop this foolishness. Ain't nobody going into the business to be their own customer. I don't get saved to be my own customer. That's what it's like when you come to church and bless me, Lord. Bless me. Bless me. That means you are being a customer to yourself. Shame on you. The family business is not about you. It is not a business to stand in your own. Listen, it is not a business to 
stand in your own bathroom and curl and style your own hair. You cannot say you run a, a salon and you do your own hair. But when you lease a space, come on now, come on with me now. When you lease a space and buy a chair and a sink with mirrors and you got a hot comb and brush and, and you got a sign out on the bills, you got signage and, and you got power in there and fans and you invite your family. <laughs> you start with your family. Come on, cousin. Come on, let me do your hair. Let me cut your hair, cousin Kevin. Come on. Come on, cousin. Let me cut. Then you call your friends. Let me come on, Mello. Come on, let me come on. Let me let me curl. Let me style your hair, Shauna. Come on. Come on. Then you call strangers. Then you start passing out business. Do you see what I'm saying? The franchise works just like a, a business in the world that we start at home. You start with your... When I started the ministry in 1997, my family was first on the list. You hear me? My family was first. Then my friends were second. And then strangers came after. And bless the name of God, I've ministered to hundreds and thousands of people I didn't even know. People are saved and in the kingdom because I had a dream. I had a vision. I had an obedience to God's call on my life. And at the Red Lion Hotel in 1997 on November 2nd, we opened the doors where I started sharing my story. The first sermon was entitled Executive Decision. I believe Clint Eastwood was in that. Um, and and Ben, little Ben, you remember that. <laughs> But I, I remember this sermon, executive, and I just saw it on TV. It, it, they're playing it now. And it reminded me that people would not be saved if I never offered it. And then we went on KJLH and we started running ads. And then we tried to pass out flyers. We went door to door and house to house. We ain't asking for it. We don't know these people. We're asking strangers. What are we doing? We spread. We spread it. Somebody got to spread this thing. I felt like my story. Oh, God Thank you, Jesus. I felt like somebody needed to hear my story. I felt like somebody needed to hear what God was doing through my life and in my way. That's why I had motorcycles come in to the church. I wanted to tell the story my way. That's why we had above and beyond where we talked about relationships. I wanted to tell my story my way. That's why we had man up and salt organization and small group ministries because I wanted to tell my story my way. I dare you to be creative and to find a way to reach the world with what God has put inside of you. Businesses have marketing departments for that very purpose to get the word out to people to spread the word. The good news is God says I've given you power to do it. So don't be scared. Nobody ain't gonna come. Uh, you, nobody's gonna come. I'm gonna open this business. Nobody's gonna come. God says I've given you the power to do it. Somebody say that with me. I have the power to do it. Say it again. I have the power to do it. I know Nike says, Nike says, just do it. But God says, not without his power. It is the power that brings salvation and conversion and real change. So if you go out there and try to do it and you don't have God, I'm telling you, you're going to make a big mistake. All right, let me wrap this up. Let me wrap this up. Bring it to a home. I want to tell you just a little bit about spiritual marketing. I want to talk to you about spiritual marketing. And marketing is being connected to a divine source. Marketing is being connected to a divine source that fuels and funds and empowers your actions to the success of others, not yourself. Your marketing, 
Your marketing is outdoors. Your marketing is out in the world. In other words, you take the product, you take the release, you take the press release, you take the, the information out into the world so that you can say, listen here, listen here, what I'm sharing with you is connected. I'm connected to a divine source that can give you what you need. And so successful marketing or good marketing gets the customer what they desire not what you desire. And I'm telling you, so many of you are living your life trying to use the power of God to get what you want out of life. Woo! God, I feel him now. But God gave you the power to give people what they need out of life. And so we get what we need out of life when they get what they need out of life. You will forever spin your wheels in a puddle of mud if you try to live your life to satisfy yourself. It is never enough. It is insatiable self-absorption with yourself to be able to think that you live every day to satisfy you and you're not happy and you don't feel this way and I should do me and this and that and the other. When God says I've given you the power to take my marketing department to the streets, the highways and the byways and to give people the opportunity to change and You'll be happy when other people are happy. Your happiness is connected to the happiness and the goodness of others out in the world that you help make it possible. Have you ever done something good for somebody and you've looked at them and you say, oh, they're so happy, but you felt so good. When I used to go visit the sick, I'd go, oh man, oh God, they're in such a bad state. But by the time I left from praying with them and spending time with them, by the time I left them, I was on high cloud nine. I was feeling so big boy I was I was doing the shout dance boy I was getting it on why because I was encouraged I lit up because they lit up and I tell you if you light up more people in your life around you then your life will be light lit up as well we must become more comfortable with the transparency of our lives so that the power can shine to be reclusive is to dim the light of God in the world for you to go into your corner and shut the door is to shut the door on the world to God. We are walking energy sources to people in the world. And because you are connected to the divine, you shouldn't say any longer, I can't. But rather, you should be able to say what is said in this next phrase. This passage, Philippians 4.13, take a picture of it, write it down, make sure you mark it, put it on your fridge this week. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say it again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or empowers me. So that verb, that word is I can. Somebody say I can. Somebody say I can. Somebody say I can. Come on. Somebody say I can. I, I want you to, I want you to say it to you. Believe it. I can. If you want to be a pilot, you have the power to do it. Go on and apply for American Airlines. Go on and apply to Delta. Go on and apply to United. Go on and apply to JetBlue. Go on and apply to, to whatever is out there. If you want to be a salesperson, you have the power to do it. God wants to use you in any way you have been given to express his story. Be a witness for him. If you're a comedian, then go to the improv and tell his story in jokes. Find a jokey joke way how to tell the gospel. It doesn't 
doesn't have to be the gospel verbatim. In other words, you don't have to get up there and, and do comedian jokes about John 14 or John 12, but it could be your story explaining the outcomes that the gospel in John 12 or 14 says. In other words, it's your story, but the outcomes reflect the outcome of the gospel. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because people say, well, you start talking about Jesus, they turn you off. Well, you ain't got to mention Jesus' name. People want to see, well, what's the result? Is my daughter going to live? Is Am I, is, am I going to uh, keep my house and it, or it's not going to be in foreclosure? Am I going to be able to get out of this situation? People want to see the bottom line. And the bottom line is that Jesus came to save us from sin, all the detriment of sin, from what sin gives. Sin, sickness is a result of sin. Poverty is a result of sin. Wickedness and evil is a result of sin. And I dare you, God said in the Bible, he has conquered death, hell, and sin. He has conquered all of them. So for us to be on earth and we are getting knocked out, knocked down by the devil time after time and time after again, that is not congruent with what the Bible teaches. We must show the world that God has the power, that we have overcome victory. We have overcome sin and we have overcome death by walking in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. So get more comfortable saying, I can do it. Get more comfortable saying, I can do it. You are your own limitation. God has given you the power to do it, but stop limiting yourself by saying you can't. There's a difference in something not being God's will and not having the power to do it. It's a difference. It ain't about you not having the power to do it. I have the power to do a lot of things, but as I mature in the spirit, I learn what things are his will. So in other words, just you have the power to do everything doesn't mean you do everything. You use the power to do what's in his will. I learn to do what's in his will, and those are the things I focus on because those are the things that will spread. Ah, you missed it. I set you up. <laughs> so we focus on the things we have the power to do, the things that are in his will to do, because the things that are in his will to do, they spread the farthest to others. If it isn't spreading, it probably isn't God's will for you. All right, that's all the time I've got, you guys. So I'm going to give you my conclusion. Here it is. I just want you to know this, beloved. What we learned from this is that if you aren't witnessing, if you aren't sharing your story, then you must not be filled with the Spirit. You must not be a person who has an acquaintance with the Spirit because the Spirit is on your life for you to be a witness. Witnesses find a way to tell the story. We have got to stop thinking that Christianity is only for us. We got saved to save others. And I just want to give you this last word in conclusion. The Spirit is missing in our lives the Spirit is missing in our churches, and the Spirit is missing in our families because our witness is missing in us. So where there is no witness, there is no Spirit. The Spirit is where somebody has a testimony. So if you want the Spirit in your life, start telling the story. If you want the Spirit in your church, then somebody's got to be telling the story. If you want the Spirit in your house, in your family, then 
time, somebody's got to be vulnerable enough to tell the truth. Tell your kids when they get saved, you have the power to do it. This is our time. This is our day. We are the family of God for this era. This is the family business. We've been called to do it. And I came to let you know that you have the power to do it. Next time God calls you to do something, you step up and say, yes, sir, I can do it. I'm PC, pow, and that's all I've got. Thank you.